Clay screwed up the first intro. I got it. <laughs> you don't tell a good joke right before you come right. on air. That was my fault. I had a nice clap right there though to start. I saw this thing today. Uh and I wanted to ask you about it, Clay. Specifically. Uh it was a dog dummy retriever launcher. Have you ever seen one of those? There's several different versions, yeah. This one was like a I felt like it was operated by like a, a maybe a shotgun shell or something. Yeah, it's a, it it's flew a forever. So there's different versions. It's really cool. Um, you can do it right at your side, right? You can take that one, and several companies make it, but uh, you do it right by your side. You can have a, somebody out there fifty yards, hundred yards, right? Because ducks don't come from your side when right. you're you know hunting. Um, you can have your person out there 50 yards, 100 yards, or however long, and then shoot it from there, as you say, Mark. But they also have one, um, like a flusher, for flushing dogs, where it's um, it's on a, like a trampoline. Pedal. It's uh, like on a trampoline almost. And when you're getting it, the dog's working, and you're, you step on something or, or remote control it and, it, and it bounces up like a bird coming up out of the, you know, as a flushing dog. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, the, the, just the I just saw a quick video of it, and the guy was shooting it. Well, he had he had a friend shooting it. Uh, I guess it was kind of over the dog's head, kind of, but to the side, but far, far. Like they were on a pretty. It definitely went further than you could probably throw one. Maybe not, but I mean, it was far. Yeah. No. But I thought, what a great way to save your shoulder if you're out uh training your dog i knew you'd know something about it well it's got some kind of air compression to it i thought maybe a co2 cartridge or maybe it's like a blank shotgun shot it's some kind of a boom and the the dummy goes ripping out of it like they fast like i said there's a couple of companies that do it they do a handheld like you like a pinball pull back and shoot and they also have like a, a gun one where you pull the trigger and it's got a you know two inch barrel to fit that dummy in there yeah and it shoots it out but <laughs> i'm sure it's either a blank or a co2 i mean either one probably would work yeah because i've seen uh you can buy that adapter for an ar-15 and shoot like a soda can with a blank 223 uh, round you know which mm-hmm. i it's some kind of a similar the pressure from that shoots the thing off but uh i guess as good a time as any to remind our uh listeners out there i was, I was gonna say our friends out there they you, you guys friends. could be our friends yeah we're friends <laughs> probably most of our friends listening to us uh hello friends hello friend <laughs> if you were a real friend you would purchase goods from avery sporting dog <laughs> 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 no but it, it, I, I don't i don't know if avery makes one of those but i know they make the dummies and they make a whole bunch of other stuff my french bulldog does not need anything from avery sporting dogs but maybe he could chew on they probably make some indestructible toys that he couldn't get through because he could he could have a toy unstuffed in about three seconds if I let him. Little squeakers. Yeah, they want to get. I don't know why they want to get that squeaker out, and then and then he chews the end of it off, and that's it. Wonder why that is. They just don't want to hear that noise anymore. I think they want the noise so bad that they get into it. And but then he chews it off, ruins it. Just not smart enough to know he's yeah, ruining it. He's a dog. <laughs> he is a dog. Speaking of dogs. Uh, that photo that Tom Rashashin posted of that coyote's face just is—I don't know why it's—it's it, it's crazy. It's stuck in my head, so, kind of how crazy how nature is. Yeah, get 
I don't know exactly where it was. He said it was down Washoe Valley. So he was out nature walking somewhere. So That's how you get big calves. Natural death, a fight. Maybe a hunter out there and shot it and just left it. But it had still the sinew and some of the fur left around the skull. Been sitting there, obviously, a while. Which, that is weird, because we've gone back and looked at, you know, after hunting, and usually there's nothing left. Nothing maybe left maybe some fur. I'm thinking back to, uh, remember on Boulder Mountain, we purposely went and looked at that one that was, like, almost exactly one year old. There, were, there was no skull to be found. There was some hair, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But maybe, maybe Washoe Valley is not as, maybe they're not as desperate for food over there. I don't know. It seems kind of crazy. Hard to say. I, I've been watching this Instagram page called Nature is Metal. Have you ever seen that? Nope. It's all the crazy stuff that's about, like, just animal. I just always think that, like, people don't like hunters sometimes or, you know, certain groups of people think that we're doing, like, the worst thing in the world by hunting. But I can't imagine being an animal in nature, man. I, I literally saw one. one it was, it's sad and disturbing, but – this little hummingbird comes over and feeds its little baby hummingbird in the nest and then it takes off to probably go get some more food and a bird of prey comes over and just eats the hummingbird baby right out of the nest <laughs> got its last meal yeah that's crazy though like and it you know animals aren't the same as humans it's not like the that mama hummingbird came back and cried for three days you know like a adult you know like a human being would do it just it went back on with its life and then next year it'll have another one and hopefully that one will make it but or you know there's ducks do that um i can't remember what they call it no off the top of my head but they have if if they have nests and it gets raided or it gets ruined by natural disaster or farming any anything basically and that mother has time she'll go get pregnant again basically and have more eggs dual hatch dual Mm -hmm. you know if it doesn't so i I wonder how many people how many animals do that in nature in the same yeah that's a good question birth cycle obviously like uh your your fur-bearing mammals and stuff can't do that right they've they've got a certain cycle that they operate on if if, like if a deer lost its baby i don't think that's it yeah it doesn't have two sets of not at least that like you're saying that same year that same cycle yeah what's and humans obviously could, I guess, theoretically, if you got pregnant and you're going into no no man's land for me here. I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm but ducks. I'm well versed in the practice of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah right. Yeah right. Uh, shit. Did you see Clint's table out there in the garage? Coming, I coming uh, coming in a little bit. It's funny he called I did see it but he called me last night my my mind has been racing because he he mentioned that somehow getting like a a, a print in the sand and I've been thinking how cool that could really be if you could pull that off you know especially a a coyote print how how you know they're very distinct like when you see one yeah. you know what they are and same with an elk print I don't know how you're going to do the elk print I guess that would be I guess no matter what, they're going to be man-made, or were you thinking we'd go get a coyote and get that paw? Because you're not going to get an elk. Uh, That's hoof. the only way no, that. Well, someone is going like Crabtree is going to kill an elk this year. So hopefully. you could get a. Uh, be like, hey, save me a save me a front hoof, right? Bring that back and do that manually, 
And then with the coyote. Could probably if, get if one from Trevor, wait, too, if you wanted one. For, yeah. And then hopefully, you know, when we start hunting in September, I don't know when he wants the table done by, but. Well, that's that's all. It, I think the dilemma, yeah, we could do that with, I mean, you could do it with your knuckles. I mean, you could make it look realistic, but it's the, the question is if it'll keep that form when you power the resin on top of it. That's what I've been thinking about is, is how, you know, we talked about some kind of spray glue or there, I, I, I got a feeling there's a way to do it. And I think it would be really cool if, if we could, if you could. I don't know. Yeah, I said no, we I, haven't I helped you once. <laughs> what just that? Like you're talking about that spray adhesive. Did we talk about this table? We talked a little bit about it. A little it, bit. Yeah. But but to, just to catch our friends up out there, Clint is building an epoxy poured live edge wood table that he is going to use um, in combination with some Jack Daniels barrels, and then he's going to have his uh, giant Nevada bull that he killed. Has it been two years or was it last year? Twenty one. So we've gone through a hunting season where you did not get so be two years two years ago Thanksgiving yeah and then chances bulls going on there as well or no no No. that would be or you're incorporating the horns somehow or no nothing at all that's that's a different that's a different deal that's a different that's a different bucket so this is just going to be two barrels this badass table you're building which is four foot by four foot yep and then that big bull the big bulls on a pedestal mount um yeah above the table above the table side by side jack daniels barrels have you thrown a tape measure up to figure out how tall that's going to be depends on exactly how the what pose and um, but it's going to have to need nine feet nine feet nine feet's the minimum holy cow tall nine foot tall well your, your jack daniels barrels give or take about three feet and you got another you know so you're just somewhere between three and three and a half feet on the table and then think about a think about an elk mount well that's what i was wondering top to bottom, pedestal mount all from the, the way to the top of the tines you know if you so bugle you're pose, getting him kind of back head back I definitely got to do a bit of a bugle pose so it lays his tines back for sure yeah because how tall are the you figure a 60 inch horn yeah you know if it's, <laughs> it's gonna a, be so big you're a, gonna need a, you're gonna need a you might need to put that mount in less game room for a while well think about it though if you take that 60 and you tip his nose up I mean, you turn that sixty inches into thirty inches. You know, the tines are going to be going back. And that's but how one. how long were your uh, how long were the daggers on that bull? Weren't they like twenty four something inches? Yeah, so I mean, that's just a couple of feet, and then the, the animal itself is. Well, yeah, but you figure from the bottom of the the brisket, what's the chest of an elk's got to be more than two feet, right? You got six, you got five and a half feet to work with with that with that nine foot number, right? Yeah, you got about five and a half feet, which I think that's right around. Might have to cut area. a third of the barrel off. <laughs> right, you might have to lower it down. <laughs> Ten-foot ceiling for sure. If you got a vaulted ceiling, it'll work. But that's why they're, it's going to be quite unique, not only the live-edge wood, but also generally anything that's barrel pedestal is going to be antelope and deer out there. I've, I've personally never seen a, a bull elk on any kind of barrel, table kind of. No. Have you guys? Uh-uh. And yeah. it's going to be functional. Right, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be able yeah, to put a cocktail on that mm-hmm. table. Or? Yeah, it's it's that's the idea. It's on Jack Daniel's barrel, so four foot by four foot. That brisket's gonna be on the backside, and he's gonna be a, a left turn pose. So his nose will be facing as you're as you're at the front of the table to your right. So that'll save you a front to back room. So you'll have you'll have a good two and a half feet up front where it'll be 
an area to, to have a little bit of a bar that you can belly up to. That's the idea. Oh, that'll be cool. And but have so, that scene in the in the live edge wood that's, uh, you know, it could be anything in there, but it's going to be a unique Nevada desert scene. So um, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I but was yeah. telling him yesterday, he was like, man, man, you know, I'll put in a, you can put in a trap, you can do this, you can do that, a, a shell, but he wants man-made stuff. And I, I told him, get get like a flat rock um, and get like a Dremel or another stone and try to do like a petroglyph. And that's what you put your killed October 7th, whatever. whatever oh, that'd be cool. Put the date on a rock, kind of like a petroglyph down in the, in the sand or on the sand or some type of deal. Yeah, that'd be yeah, really cool. And with the image, there's plenty of real petroglyphs out there that have bighorn sheep, you know. Elk. Sure. So find one that's, that it'll make it look like what it would have been on a petroglyph, just miniature size, I guess. You know? Are you going to take real, like, Nevada dirt, or are you going to buy mm-hmm. it some kind of, you are? No, I, my thought is I'm just going to go up, I'm going to do a couple of practice pours, and yeah, just go up uh, in the desert and bring Get a bucket sand. and just yeah. grab, you know, grab so a... You want to find, find some sand. sandy kind of... The versus looking, like a good looking sandy yeah. dirt and then you know some sagebrush some little granite some yeah i was gonna rocks. say around like a granite outcrop kind of an area you'll I think find some good granite stuff. or a lot of like the the lava rock type that we have around here mm-hmm. i think some of that reddish kind of lava rock would look cool in there so yeah but yeah make it make it look like it's gonna be a four foot by one foot with the live edge wood kind of contouring the edges of that you so you got four square feet i guess of natural desert scene with some definitely gonna have I, if the print thing works out that's a no-brainer would do that for sure mm-hmm. and then a few buried arrowheads just uh and you're gonna you're gonna put like some it's not is it gonna be flat dirt or are you gonna i, I picture like a little bit of like yeah. a curve to it yeah curve to again it. that's that's gonna be the practice pour part of it because this will literally be the first time we've done this and uh you could set that so your first pour is going to be the base. I figured let's throw an inch out there, you know, less than half of the actual scene and do a base pour. And then the, the, the sand, the desert scene will be on top of that base. Cause you have to, you have to have something for the sand to essentially not fall through the cracks. Right. So you got to pour epoxy first to have a base. And then probably as we're talking, most likely it, you're not going to let it cure all the way. Cause once it cures, it's, hard as a rock it's done so when it's tacky somewhere in during the process where it's not liquid starting to get tacky is probably when you add the sand in so it will mix into the the epoxy but also not fall straight through it and if we do that right we should be able to contour and make it uneven in all the rocks the question is is the second pour the rocks and everything will hold their positions but what will happen to that sand when that when that liquid uh, well, epoxy I think, hits it will it just flatten it all down and it'll it'll find level or will it will it stay, keep it shape yeah. mm. I think if you pour the first pour half inch three quarter then do your sand when it's tacky and it sticks to the bottom obviously where the deal is but that that resin pour is going to be flat sure and then you're just going to have you're yeah. going to have the edges of the live edge wood still available mm-hmm. to create your up and down yeah, you're kind of and you can put rocks once you put your on the tacky part of where the resin is in the in the riverbed that sand will now be kind of permanent and you can put bigger rocks there too sure. to give it texture yeah yeah um, yeah give it but I, I think you should call take some time and call somebody that does these maybe 
uh, there's got to be somebody that will help. I've out. never I've never seen anything that's deserty sand. I I, I I see the the beaches and where they make it look like waves and stuff like that's that. That's just straight from but the that's resin. Just, Right. Yeah. Well, but and you, I've never seen actual sand. That's have what you, I'm saying. Have you, Alex, well, have maybe. you ever seen sand or loose I, particles like that? I've seen sand, but not not with. I don't know that it had curvature to it. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm wondering if if you do when you lay it and put the sand up like on the live edge a little bit, if you can take some of that spray adhesive like you do, yeah. like with matting material, yeah, and spray it just a tad, and if if that shows up bad in the resin pour. If that shows up, if that also creates air pockets where you might get some bubbles, so yeah, we definitely got to we definitely got to experiment around with it a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like anything. Maybe the fact that you don't see a whole lot of it out there is why it doesn't turn out very good. So, um, but at the end of the day, you could switch up from the the dirt sand part of it and and still do something that's a natural scene. It just obviously be more rocks. You'd have to do very small rocks to you know yeah. various size so that you that it all holds its. Uh, and there's plenty of those parts. And are in you the doing desert, straight so. clear epoxy, right? No color to clear. it. Clear, yeah. clear, clear. What's the clear. base pour going to be? Clear as well? I guess you don't. Why color it? You're not going to see it anyway, yeah. right? All you're doing with the coloring is just complicating the process. So, yeah. Um, there would be no reason in this scene to have it be anything but clear. Yeah, so I think you got to take thin coat pour and pour into all the cracks first. Cure that all. Oh, sure. Yeah, then. And then do deep pour, your first level, then sand. And what he's talking about is the cracks in the wood. You can't just pour it because that, that's where a lot of your bubbles will come in. So you yeah. gotta you got to seal, essentially, the wood solid. So you got to do you got to pour epoxy into all of your cracks and let them <laughs> yeah, let it's them gonna harden be, up. I've always wanted to do it, so I guess no better time now than... <laughs> no, it's a smart thing. We just, just got through and finish up after this podcast, just... Uh, um, like a two foot, you know, maybe maybe twenty inches by twelve inches, just practice pours. I got a couple of leftover pieces of wood and and recreate on a small scale what we're planning on doing and see how it turns out. What's kind of crazy is the there. cost that's involved. You know, I mean, that live edge wood is not cheap, well, no. and I mean all the other materials too. They're not super expensive, but not cheap. And I mean, yeah, like you said, you always want to try it, but it's a it's a heck of a thing to try because if it doesn't come out good. <laughs> You, would you would you say you got about a thousand in that table if it i mean I, I haven't even bought the epoxy yet but yeah yeah i didn't buy the most expensive piece of wood which there's reasons why wood i from what i can tell two reasons why wood's going to be more or less expensive obviously what it's what wood it is but even a high dollar wood if they didn't plane it right or if it's if it's got uh like I notice on this piece of wood I have, there's one where a branch come off. So on the live edge, on one spot of it, it's a it's a dead branch, which is totally different than live edge. So you're of course going to have that much more air pockets and stuff in there. Right. So the quality of that live edge, if it's purely bark clear across it versus one where it's got a little bit of a of a branch area, that's going to be a less expensive piece of wood. Hmm. So the type of wood that I bought is lower end and i think the cut is not premium either so i can't even imagine what a premium cut of a premium wood costs <laughs> yeah. man it's, when i but look a good at these place tables to start with this one you know yeah the the couple of guys that i just kind of see online that i mean the tables are expensive but they're not super expensive and when you talk about you know like you're saying i bought a cheap piece of wood that was still what'd you say it was 500 bucks 450 yeah, yeah. 
I mean, so Four, if you buy a high dollar one, it's seven hundred to a thousand, and then yeah. I know the epoxy's not cheap. Epoxy's another two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks. Right, so you're you're in material. it, at, you know, a thousand something bucks, and you sell it for two. Plus, I guess that's good. Sell for more than that, you got all your time too. I was gonna say, yeah, the epoxy table. But how so? So how much? So how much can you sell a table for? You know, it's like I I kind of just been using the general rule. If you go to the mechanic. You know, and you have a thousand dollar bill from the mechanic, and you look at the itemized. What what is it generally? Parts and labor. Yeah, fifty fifty, generally. Sort of, yeah. Generally, that's kind of you know that's what I've noticed. Unless it's a huge job or something like that, but right. generally, so that's the way I'd look at it. If you've got two thousand in material into something, as far as your time, you probably at least you at least double it. So if you've got a thousand dollars and it's probably a two thousand dollar table at a very minimum, as far as if you were going to try to sell something like that. Yeah, but those tables are going for four, five, six thousand dollars on up. It's crazy. But at the same time, you got a, you got a, you got a uh, what redwood, you know, premium cut of redwood. I mean, I think it easily cost two thousand dollars for just this size, this wow. four by four size. Easy two thousand. It's crazy. So you better know what you're doing if you start buying that kind of wood. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make a mistake on those. It was interesting. Old Uncle Mel knew you couldn't have the bark on that thing. Like, yeah. I mean. I don't know if that would have been like a catastrophic error, but I kind of wondered. And then that's another one is maybe why you don't see ones with bark because it obviously will bubble up and ruin. But that would be if you could get that to preserve. I didn't. That would look cool. I still don't know if you can. Well, he said that it. He he rot, said it would rot said. away. Yeah, which. But that doesn't. I don't know about the sense. rot. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me because it no longer getting air. It's sealed. Yeah. I got. I'm going to look into that. But right. I did when he but said the, that. I went the, back and looked at that page that I follow, and there's not one on there that's got a piece of bark. I think it's more about how it absorbs all the look? all the lacquer and mm-hmm. how the bubbles are going to come up out of it is what I'm guessing because that's obviously the bark's way more porous than the wood. Yeah. And the same thing, if you didn't seal all the cracks in the wood, you'd have the same problem. If you just poured straight into that wood and didn't do any of the preliminary work, you'd get eventually that that air is going to find its way to the top. So, it's a fa- it's a fairly unique thing. I mean, they're out there. Live edge wood stuff is out there a lot, but um, you know, various size table. It's even less less common to see it where you have it broke up where there's seams inside of it because there's a lot of live edge wood that's just a hundred percent. It's a piece of wood, right? You right. see a lot of that stuff out there. It's less common to see it with breaks in it where you have seams, and then I'd say it's very uncommon to see it in taxidermy. Yeah, that I just I have limited knowledge of it except for that one page I follow, and I've yet to see any anything even outdoor related. They do a lot of they do like some golf stuff. They do some Star Wars stuff. I just saw they did one for a show in Vegas. You know where they're putting uh, the Vegas one in particular was like poker chips and stuff, and then they they actually airbrushed some stuff on there too some you know they painted some stuff on there mm-hmm. like clay was talking about you could you could almost engrave in that wood and then epoxy which they do do that you know they'll i saw one that they did for coca-cola you know where they put a big coca-cola label you know uh routered into the wood and then they epoxy poured that over a different color yeah yeah yep. yeah like red you know they, they did, did like coke red i mean there's anybody that's got an artistic this this bone. guy right here says you can but highly not recommended on the, the bark on the bark because that's why not, you don't see not it. that anything about uh yeah, rotting or, rotting or something it's the fact that it's barely attached to the wood to the actual wood mm-hmm. and the resin needs to bond to wood uh. and so if it only gets a chance to bond to the bark 
the, it will eventually there's that seam it'll it's break not really teach it starts breaking apart yeah. from the actual mm. wood so and cracking and stuff uh-huh. not that it br- there rots. you go at the end of the day this i mean gosh we had a podcast long long time ago as as far as taxidermy and you know taxidermy in some ways i i love taxidermy not actually the process of doing it but just the idea of preserving an animal preserving a memory like we've talked about before but making it unique you know all the stuff that clay and i have tried to do with various stuff over the years just to make it different you know and this is just one more attempt at making something more so we could fail miserably or it could be the could be the greatest thing ever (laughs) it's funny because i just saw an advertisement for a company that you can send them your actual antlers this is kind of unique and i think it's cool uh so they have like a dozen different outdoor scenes like some of them don't make sense to us you know they're like white tails and saskatchewan you know like we but they had a mule deer one it it wasn't cool or i would think about doing it but uh you basically so they have that stock kind of image right of a a mule deer in in this case it's like up against these really jagged snow-covered mountains like which isn't really nevada hunting you know what i mean but um it's a picture so it's a picture but then you send them your horns pictures of your horns and they make it a real photo with your real horn so it's basically like you caught a live picture of your animal it's it's digital you know it's definitely like not real but it seems that way you know so it's kind of cool like i had that same thought years ago with a painting you know you have a stock painting oil painting and you somehow leave an area to customize the horns yep that's what this is 10 15 years ago i had that idea you make a really badass painting of a bull elk bugling in the trees and you know the the whole thing is completely done but that section let's say this little eight inch by by three inch eight inch wide by three inch tall areas where the horns are at you take that off of your painting that's interchangeable and then you're going to have to repaint that part with their You horns. repaint the horns for your customer. Yep. Yeah. And fit that, it right back on that, that's that funny. one image. Yep. That's exactly I, what... I remember... Nobody's ever done that before. So these guys are doing it digitally. So so like you said, I wish that, that, that the photo background for the mule deer was different. But uh, yeah, so if you killed a really unique, you know, 8 by 10 with a drop tine on its yep. left horn it's those exact horns are going to be on that photo yep. and Tom imagine could, just Tom think about that think yeah about anybody's house that you know but i'm i yes yeah, digital which it, no, i think digital is super about. cool but if it's an actual a painting, oil painting would, yeah would be rad and think about all the badass oil paintings out there name an artist right off the top of your head redfield it, a redfield uh uh Melen- thomas melendez you see that melendez i think it is no, it's uh, it's something like that. The guy that does those really nice elk and deer, you see him a lot at the dinners and stuff like that. You look at his photo and go, man, I'd love to have that hanging in my house, and then I'd love to have that hanging in my house, and that be my elk. Yeah. That would be unique as hell. Well, why don't you start it? Because he's a physical so many, therapist. So many hours in the day. <laughs> um, I remember it's kind of along the same lines, a little bit different, but I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was a – project i think maybe even back in high school i remember seeing it uh i think it was in high school maybe college i don't remember um but it was it was a picture that he had to get cutouts of magazines and paste that to a painting or or a board basically 
you know, different different cutouts of all these different magazines. Part of a house, part of a tree or whatever. And then you had to cut an angle and then you had to paint the rest of the picture based off of those. Oh, uh, I get know, it. So yeah, you, yeah. You get like a cut. It, like was, a, it was half digital, half The your point of the project was, you know, I, I ended up, it was Lake Tahoe. So there's a, a photo oh, in a magazine and I just arbitrarily cut edges, not just straight, not just a square cut, just random edges that had some pine trees that were in the sun and in the shade, a little bit of the lake in the back. Yeah. And then I, the, the purpose of the project was to match color, just to, to see how good you were at mixing your colors mixing on, paint. Your, on your palette and then putting it on there. So your eye sees dark green, mix it on your palette. And then when you mix it, it's not going to be the same exact color when it dries. So getting really good at going like, okay, so if I want that exact blue right there, it's going to be a little bit lighter. I got to mix it on my palette. Plus I got to adjust for how much it's going to darken up just a little bit as it dries. So it was that part of a, that's what the purpose of that project oh. was. So you had to ma match, match the branches. So some of them was like a half of a tree, the bottom half of a tree. So I painted the top half of the tree and you had to try oh, to match as much as possible. I got part that. of the story. You got, right? Yeah, you yeah. got a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I just saw and a if guy. If you're looking at it at a certain angle, there's certain parts where it's like you can't tell. Yeah, it, I remember. You, it, was, it looks like a photo. Is that high like, school? Oh, yeah. it's painted. Was that high school? That was a high school Yeah, project, that was high yeah. school. I just saw a guy online that, that that's his whole, his whole page is, you know, he, he'd take that Coke Zero can and like you said, it, it's there. And then he's got his palette right there with just like this putty knife looking thing. Yeah. And he mixes up and he starts to put wet paint and he can match, you know, the light reflection. He'll get yeah. the red, the black, but also where that light's beaming down on that can and it's got a little bit of a goldish, you know, that color's in there too. It's it's freaking crazy, yeah. dude. It's very hard it's to artist. do. It's very hard to match colors, per, you know, perfectly. Would you, uh, when did you get into art in high school? Before, before, I won a, I won a coloring contest at Kit Carson in Carson City. <laughs> I remember that too. Kit Carson Rendezvous it was a coloring contest, but I won it. Didn't I get lost then? And Clay got lost. <laughs> I did. I got Carson lost in the park. Took, took Carson. the thunder away from Clint. <laughs> Carson, I got lost. <laughs> exactly. Clint's up on stage thunder. winning his prize, and, and everybody's freaking out. Clay had a different kind of rendezvous that day. I've been doing that my whole life, though. You know, he was born, and I was born, and then everyone was like, <laughs> "Screw Chad and Clint. Uh -huh. The real ones here." Yeah. Still the real one. They finally. Anyway, uh, he still owes me my wedding present. My wedding present was supposed to be some art deal, and I still never got it. You still you want half of it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only have to finish half of it, Clint. <laughs> and then match up the colors on the other yeah, half. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Yeah, whatever it is, cut it in half. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, shoot. Weren't you going to tell me something? About? I don't know. You were showing me some gun earlier. You want to you talk to me about a six Creed more? Oh, well, yeah, we did get a new six millimeter Creedmoor, and he just let me know today that a seven millimeter Creedmoor is coming tomorrow or the next day. Ooh. Six millimeter and a seven millimeter. Yeah, so, are they seven just... millimeter, I mean, not, maybe not a Creedmoor. Maybe a six millimeter Creedmoor and then a, just a seven millimeter. Seven, seven mm. Yeah. Are they coming from Benelli, that color that's out there? That no, tan You're Roberts. getting that done at Rob Roberts? Yeah. Customize everything. It's hard to think that you could make a Benelli any better than it already is but there's a way 
Where so there's a will, there's a way. Repeat that real quick so it can sink in. What gun did you just get? Six millimeter Creedmoor. And then one that's coming is a seven millimeter. Six millimeter and a seven millimeter, huh? Six millimeter Creedmoor. Creedmoor. Yeah, I'm not a six five, a six. Yeah. So that'll be ready for this coming hunting season. Yeah. Well, are you going to get the scope to match, or is it going to have a black scope? Well, we can. I'd, I'd have to have to send it right. Six millimeter Creedmoor only ammo. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I guess I would have to send it back to him, huh? Send a scope. I think it would look cool if, if it was all done up, all yeah, the same, and or yeah, you kind of at least want to get some part of the scope done, or I guess we could maybe highlight it highlights of it like the rings or the maybe. what if we wrap the scope like in like ghillie material as long as it doesn't get in the way of pulling the hammer pulling the hammer pulling the been a while since you shot a gun a bolt back <laughs> pulling the hammer uh so yeah the gun coming tomorrow is a seven millimeter so i t uh, we're not we don't have to go into depth on this I, we're gonna have a short podcast just because the way that timing works but uh clint and i last week talked about we're gonna coyote hunt more this year <laughs> we have no we have no tags camera? you see the new camera out there for it no got a got new it. camera got a new gun but new we attitude. got no tags. no tags no tags the water is gonna be great here but the weather's still gonna dictate a lot of any of that kind of stuff but i just think i i, I feel it in my bones that it's gonna good year i, I, I don't do know too I think there's a lot. Of, a lot of what you just said is a uh, like the perfect storm for it. We got enough variables in our favor this year that it. Hopefully, you have to push it. What one of our favorite spots up by uh, Lavores, we won't even be able to drive. No, it's yeah, gonna but, be on three feet of water. You know, by the time uh, we September, haven't had much October, rain though lately. It's been dry lately. I don't. I, but I bet you it's. Uh, bet well, my parents are up there right now. I'll ask them when they get back. Well, when we talked about this, if that is the case. Lavor said they'll just push those animals, the predators, into smaller yeah. areas. You know, just different hunting. Just areas, harder to which get around. Is fine. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Speaking of Benelli, if you remember last time we talked about that migration madness, we're just what, another week or two close. Well, we didn't podcast. We last were. Week. I, I think in, we were. We were premature. If anybody out there, because I got on there myself, and it, I don't believe it was ready yet. Yeah, August first. We talked about it. Oh, so it's still not ready. Okay, good. That's what I'm saying. August oh, so we're 1st. getting ready for August first. Yes. You got, uh, you got. What do we got? Six more days. August first to October thirty first uh, is, is the input. Hey oh, hey oh. So that was two weeks ago. We talked because last week I was in Kingsburg, California. I was excited to get signed up. It's 117 degrees. What the first day we were there? 114, 112. The next couple of days playing Ugh. baseball. It was miserable. Yeah, you don't do that. Anywho. Uh, migration remember, madness Benelli migration madness $15,000 in prizes see I tried to sign up early I wanted to win yep. August 1st to October 31st get on there at shoot slash shoot hyphen not slash shoot hyphen on dot com forward slash Benelli migration madness what's the difference between a dash and a hyphen uh, one's more educated than the other yeah I think so Harvard. shoot dash on Harvard or <laughs> Harvard or community college yeah there you go uh yeah there's benelli banded federal tetra ghg avery realtree shoot all the sponsors whole bunch of other stuff prize packages you, know, you win guns right win guns 
shopping spree to banded ghg and avery like four thousand dollars ammo from federal hearing protection from tetra whole bunch of other companies are given the know. climate of the world you want to take that ammo <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so you can uh go to the website and then you can get if you go to a local dealer and talk about it during that august 1st october 31st time frame you can get a secret code and and get more entries you, you can do it more than once if you refer friends you watch some benelli videos and films and stuff and um, refer people to go do it you can get extra entries for more chances obviously so benelli migration madness it'll be it'll be a cool deal it'll be going all all winter and right into hunting season so it'll be yeah, ends october 1st you'd be just in time to 31st oh october 31st yeah. be right there in time to do some prime hunting yes sir that's all I got to say about that. That's all we got to say to you, friends. Slightly off topic. I was just watching a little Jerry Seinfeld driving with coffee or whatever it is. Slightly off topic. Slightly. <laughs> well, just because you were saying something about that, the word hyphen, you said. Oh, slash. One yeah, of yeah, more yeah. Edgy. He's, I think it's Will Ferrell he's with, which if you, if you really do want to laugh a little bit when he has a Michael Richards on. You're talking comedians and coffee or whatever. Whatever he does, where he yeah. drives around a little bit. They go to a yeah. coffee shop. They do yeah. that. when he has Michael Richards on Kramer, hilarious. But uh, he asked Will Ferrell, you know, what's the most pretentious word? Because they're both you know in film and all this kind of stuff. Is it? I just made a picture, a film, or a movie, <laughs> and they kind of break it down. You know, is which one's the most pretentious one? I thought it was picture, funny. picture. Hollywood picture film. Yeah. Motion we, picture. Why are we called artists? I mean, like, artists would make a movie, but yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I just saw the greatest things, even more off topic. It was an old interview with Jerry Garcia, and he was saying how rap is not music, that rap is talking. That's why the word rap is talking. And he said, and it's uh, talking in rhythm. And he said, the most important thing to remember is you can be very good at rap, and you'll have zero musical talent. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But there's, fly, there's huh? I would say it's more poetry than talking. Because you, cowboy poetry. You're not is Jerry more, Garcia. Well, Jerry Garcia was stoned <laughs> out of it. Jesus. Uh, Clint, post a picture of your table as as it goes. We'll put, yeah, let's have a little. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show it a little. We'll uh, progress, progress. A little yeah, progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to do pictures, then we will, when we do the, the final pour, we're going to do a little time lapse on it, which I think mm. will be killer. Watch it kind of cure yeah that will maybe be even cool. maybe even a little bit of once we get it dialed in we'll we'll make in the desert scene and stuff yeah. do a little time lapse i think it'll be, it'll be don't nice. give away the secrets though no that's why it'll be in time lapse it'll go fast we'll be able to see all the details see you next week we'll catch you here next week thanks friends